is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the Data Lab. This is where we do all the hard work to get ready for the 2022 season of fantasy football. And joining me as he does each and every week here on the Data Lab on For Frequency's Sake, it's the Professor John Bush. John, welcome back. Hey, Dennis. Uh, looking forward to uh, uh, cruising in the data here. It's it's starting to get towards the end game here. I've got about 30 teams that I've drafted or or the process of drafting. So I'm kind of deep, deep into it here. Uh, just worried about injuries. I think we had some injuries today. I don't know if you've uh, what, Tim Patrick out of Denver. They're really worried about him. And, you know, I get worried when they people were leaving on golf carts, that's not the kind of golf I like to, to see. No, you hate seeing injuries this time of the year um, because they're not going to have time in the most part. If it's a serious injury where they're carting them off, you're probably not going to see them for the first few weeks of the season. And yep. there's a possibility that they could be shut down for the whole year. James Washington with Dallas went down the other day with an injury that looks to be serious, and now Tim Patrick. And, you know, this is the unfortunate part of football. It's a rough sport, and guys go down that, you know, you might have had mm-hmm. as, you know, backups to your guy or even some of the starters. So it's also the time where an injury happens and all of a sudden a free agent like Will Fuller, who's yep. just sitting there waiting uh, for something to happen as he's trying to get healthy, um, all of a sudden he has another opportunity pop up on his radar screen. So a lot of exciting stuff going on in camp, and you really do have to pay attention to it each and every day. And, you know, John, something that we need to really stress, because folks here is talking about the scientific method and using science to forecast fantasy football And sometimes in science, the answer is, I don't know. (laughs) And the the reason you come to that answer is usually because you either don't have a data set that can answer the question, or there's so much data that it's impossible to even figure out a scheme of how to analyze that data or number three, which is probably more common than the other two, you get into the data and you realize that there is so much randomness in the natural order of this data that it's hard to figure out what the forecast for the future will be. And that is really appearing to be the case when it comes to target data. But that does give us a good answer as well, because sometimes, as I said, that answer is simply, I don't know. Science and data doesn't always have an answer, and you can't force an answer that isn't there by the numbers. But you've been doing some very interesting work on targets and trying to figure out what happens to vacated targets is is a pretty complicated process. Yeah, uh, I started... Uh, in my lessons, and you could go to Science of Fantasy to see, I started kind of at the league level, looking from 2013 to 21, 
looking at just uh, year-to-year variation, then looked at team variation, positional variation, and I've worked it all the way down to I'm starting to about halfway through the player and positional variation, but player uh, with the running backs. And what's clear to me is this is one of those situations where there is not a simple uh, answer to vacated targets. And I, I think people assume that, and I don't know if that's wishful thinking, but when you start seeing lots of variation and you start seeing, for instance, uh, before we got on here, I, I told you that I was looking at running backs uh, uh, on each team, and I went through about half the league from 2013 to 21, and I found 106 times where there was a change in targets, and I defined that change based on previous work, and it was about 14 targets plus or minus or higher. So I had found looking at a certain data that anything below 14 probably was going to really complicate the issue. So I looked at uh, uh, variation, population variation, and 14 plus or minus was something I was keying in on. Anything obviously above that is interesting as well. So I looked at that and it was 106 cases where there was something that seemed to be related to vacated targets. Somebody was gone and there were changes. Notice I didn't say positive changes. I just said changes because when you start looking, it became clear to me that there were times where players that you would think would benefit actually went down in targets, not up. And then I looked at uh, situations that was 72 times in this data set where uh, players were changing above or below 14 targets from year to year. And it didn't seem to have anything to do with vacated targets. There was no change in personnel that was significant. So now right away, you have about 60% maybe associated with vacated targets, but 40% may not be. So that really was something that uh, I'm at the hour. How much time do I, you know, how many how much time should I chase the squirrel's tail up and down before I kind of got the answer? This is just too much variation right now. And, and that's the, the thing is sometimes there's just such natural variation it, that if you look at a particular team, for instance, and you look at them over time, sometimes the answer is it on the offensive side of the ball? Sometimes the answer is they did things because of the defensive side of the ball. If you look at some of the teams and how many times they throw the ball versus rushing the ball, and you just look at that change every season, what you might be looking at is did our defense get better or worse? It's not necessarily the offense getting better 
that led to more passing opportunities. It's not that the quarterback was better. And the last time I did a study on this, and it was a very rudimentary study, but I wanted to see if the the predictions that were made preseason ended up being the case. So I just looked at some I'd looked at three teams where there were big changes in the personnel. And what I found is it also varied by quarterback strength. If a quarterback was really good, then those vacated targets from one wide receiver might be distributed somewhat evenly between different wide receivers or one guy might pick up some. If it was a weaker quarterback, then I saw a big surge in either running back or tight end targets. In other words, it appeared that the quarterback was throwing the ball shorter. And that was the answer, that there were more running back and and tight end targets because the quarterback was not looking downfield as deep, maybe. Again, I did a very basic study, so I'm not even sure what the reasoning behind the changes were. All I know is that the changes were not constant. And I mentioned that for all the people that are expecting a huge surge in targets for Aaron Jones on the basis that Alan Lazard is not very good and therefore he's not going to pick up the targets. Well, they also added Christian Watson. They also added uh, Sammy Watkins. And I'm not saying Sammy Watkins is all of a sudden going to pick up all of the targets from Devontae Adams. But what if that number of targets is fairly evenly distributed now to three or four wide receivers and not necessarily the running back? That's a possibility that you have to look at and say, yes, it is possible. There's not a single person out there who has been able to show me any concrete reasoning on why Aaron Jones is going to pick up more of those targets than the wide receivers or the tight ends. They're going to be playing two guys that were have had injury problems in the past, you know, Degura and Tanyan. What if they go 12-man and they've got both tight ends out there? What if they play more double running back sets and they swing one of the guys out on the side maybe some of those targets will be evenly distributed between Dylan and Aaron Jones, or maybe even they'll get a third running back into the mix to play more passing downs and and line up in the slot. There are so many uncertainties with the Green Bay Packers that you just don't know where those targets are going to go. So the assumption that they're all going to go to Aaron Jones, is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Is it probable? There's no way to know because there's no way to prove what could happen. And when you do a data study like this and it shows a lot of chaos in the data where there are a lot of changes that happen, just naturally occurring with no personnel changes and you have big swings in who got the targets on one particular year. First of all, it tells us that a single season in the NFL is too few data sets. It's it's too many. It's not enough data points to make any real conclusions. And, and the number two conclusion is 
weird things happen in the game of football that are unpredictable because we don't have all the data and there's changes to how the plays are called. And it has nothing to do with the offensive personnel. It has to do with game situations. And what I was going to do if it was a little bit tighter, like, hmm, looks like there's something here, then I think you're right about quarterback defense. In other words, you start kind of getting broader even still if there's something there. But now that when you, you know, you were talking and it's fine to talk positive, but I've shown that it could be negative. There are correct there. Yeah. So we, we, you know, the green Bay could just not pass as much this year. And that is to me, a possibility as well as some of the other scenarios that we might think. So is it something we hope because we drafted Jones or didn't draft him or, you know, that's what I get worried is we start, well, I drafted him. And so now I, you know, I hope this is, you know, happening. So you just, I don't think you can win leagues with hopes and was it candy and nuts, right? The, you know, you can't, that's just not how science works. We can't hope that we're right about something. You got to get in there and, and see what it is. And, Sometimes it's the opposite answer. Sometimes you just, we don't have the technology to figure this out and you just have to walk away. In other words, some questions in science may have to wait for new technologies beyond our lifetime, you know, probably in physics, you know, they keep finding things. And I just wonder the more sophistication technology, who knows what they'll be laughing about us you know, as we laugh, you know, 200 years ago, people were so foolish. You know, they thought that frogs came out of wet mud. Ha ha, they're so stupid. And, and you know, 200 years, they'll be laughing at us fools, you know, now say, man, these people thought this. So remember, uh, you know, yesterday's fools is today's fools. So don't, you know, you just don't want pie on your face and it's better to be thoughtful and realize uncertainties out there and behave accordingly. Tiptoe through the minefield, or better yet, pay somebody to run through it. And if they make it, okay, follow their footsteps. And if you look at Aaron Jones and his career target share, you end up looking at data that is actually pretty similar from year to year. His, if you look at the last three years, 2019, and he averaged just over, yeah, I guess it would be four um, targets per game, just over four targets per game. In 2020, it, he went up slightly above, you know, well, actually it was, it was about uh, four and a half targets per game. And then last year, uh, he had uh, right around, again, four and a half targets a game was was pretty much where he was. He was just a little under that. So he has set a pretty steady rate of somewhere around four to five is his target share per game. Why would that suddenly change? Why wouldn't 
because his quarterback hasn't changed. There have been changes in personnel. And if you look at the only you know thing I've seen is, well, if you look at the games that he played without Devontae Adams and he had seven targets per game or whatever the number was, so there was an increase in those games where Devontae Adams went out at the last minute due to injury. Well, they didn't have a guy to replace him like they do this year. Could we see a surge? Yes, of course we could. But I would bet more on closer to somewhere around five targets per game. And that's not a big increase over what we've seen in the past. Because five targets a game is a fairly decent share of how many times the ball is going to be thrown. That's 10% of 50. You know, if he, if he threw the ball 50 times, and that's a lot of passes, that's 10% going to one running back. That's a pretty good share for a running back. I, and, you know, I don't see them throwing the ball that often, number one. If anything, we might see a drop in passing game because they've got two really good running backs. Why not run the ball down somebody's throat instead of – taking the chance of throwing to a wide receiver or even a running back or a tight end that is not as much of a lock as Devontae Adams was to make that catch. So I, I guess the, the, the takeaway from your vacated target study is sometimes you have a hypothesis. What if you go to test it and you're still left with that hypothesis unanswered? That's okay. Yep. That's that's part yeah. of science. Eventually yeah, but there's have... a lot of work, Dennis. A lot of work to get to that point. That's the uh, that's the human side of it. Yeah, and there's a lot of work to get to the answer that tells us that it's not going to be a slam dunk. We didn't learn exactly what you had hoped to learn from all this nope. data study, but what you learned is that it's not easy to predict what is going to happen. And that's an answer that has value. And I think the value is that people may be overvaluing certain individuals, not just in, uh, you know, Green Bay, others. So, you know, it might pay to think about what, you know, the ADP is telling us about the value and maybe – what happens if this scenario is wrong? Even and, my dog agrees with that. And your dog agrees with that as well. For, more, right. in, for more information about <laughs> this target study, head mm-hmm. over to scienceoffantasyfootball.com. Watch yes. the video lessons. Look at the articles. Yes. Learn from the data. Learn. And And here's the best thing, folks. You don't have to do the work because the professor no. did it for you already. Yep. Uh, it was a lot of effort. So, yeah. So enjoy, you know, being a little bit sharper than some of your fellow league mates. Maybe they'll make some mistakes. And hurry on back here next week for another edition of the Data Lab on For Frequency Sake. So until next week, for the Professor John Bush, this is Dennis Michelson. We will see you next week. It's a work, folks. <laughs>